When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Moan? Hey, there he is. What's going on, DK? <laughs> it's another live episode of the Ramon Foster Show brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market. Here's how this works. You send us your questions, your comments, your criticisms, your praise for Moan. You can do all of that on YouTube. You can do that on Facebook just by leaving a comment. Uh, it's not at all complicated. Moan, what's going on with you today? Not much, man. I was okay with everything you said except for the criticism. Is that oh, okay? Yeah? No, no, yeah, no, no you right. do the criticism. No, no criticism. <laughs> that ever get stuck in your head? It does. I've heard it more, <laughs> more it than a few times. When you're done with the show, you're like, you're yeah. still, it's still like, dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. absolutely, oh, DK. Oh, my goodness. This is going to be fun, huh? It is. Uh, what's crazy is I actually enjoyed the uh, pixelated uh, Ramon Foster logo that came up. I was like, wait a minute. And then I was like, oh, it's clear now. So it looks I'm like a mistake go. when it happens. The first time I saw it, I was like, pixelated? What? <laughs> no, it's just a, it's a dramatic effect. It's, Look it's, at it's, us being up on game talking about pixelated. What's crazy is the fact that that's all we had in the early 90s was pixelated like Nintendo and video games and stuff like that. Yeah, Pong. Now, oh, now we got HD, right? Mm -hmm. No, no question here. Uh, Gerard's going to get us going today. He asks, hey, Moan, I absolutely love the show and especially these live sessions. My question Mm -hmm. is, how would you describe the Steelers way in one word? That's not fair. The Steelers way is three words. You want him to take it down to one? How about just a concept? A concept. Oh, give me, give me a second. What's the Steelers way? Oh, I I got it. Tough. Oh, that's good. If you're asking me for one word, tough. I've I've seen some of the best uh, come through those doors sometimes and wondering what the heck do y'all got going on here? Mm-hmm. And, and the way the guys has either been around for a little while and adjusted or the fact that um, you were drafted or brought there, you understand that concept. I always go back to that joint practice we had in camp against the Buffalo Bills. They absolutely thought we were insane the way we practiced. It's like, you guys are tackling to the ground. You guys are like, they were. And that was a Rex Ryan-led team, too. This wasn't a pansy-like team. This team was all the way legit. They was like, this is insane to us. So tough is probably, if you ask me one word, tough, 100%. Sean says, uh, DK, one question. Yesterday you said if we get Javon Hargrave, we wouldn't have Larry Ogunjobi. Why? So when they play different positions, the Steelers more often than not will use two down Mm. linemen. They don't care who. No. As long as one of them is 97. (laughs) Okay. When you think of the the later years and the the last year that Stefan Tua was here, uh, going with two down linemen there, it made an enormous difference with what they were were able to do behind them. That's why 
you it's easier to find someone like a DeMarvin Leal or whoever who can play on that wing, so to speak, when you go with three down linemen. But that's why I wouldn't be spending the money on Larry is what I'm saying. It is. And this is the thing, too. Sometimes teams like to get you in uh, what we call sub uh, defenses, where it's, you know, five line, I mean, uh, uh, four D linemen. You take one of the uh, linebackers off the field, get more DBs and small guys out there. And what they'll like to do is get get you in those subsets and run the ball on you. You have a guy, let's say, like Hargraves or Ogan, Joby, both there, then you're able to still play the run. That's the unique aspect of what this Steelers team is always looking for yeah it's great that you can uh get after the pass rusher but can you also stop the run you know coach Mitchell has always been on top of that and and now everyone else inside that building understand it Stan says uh, the Steelers way is you can win against us but you have to pay the price ask our defense uh you know the offense might have a word or two to say about that as well yeah, 100%. Like, winning against you is is not necessarily a um, something you give up. Like you said, it's going to be a battle, and I, everybody inside that building respects that, even the offensive side of the ball. Like, it is fierce. It's tough. Um, you know how many times I've had older guys like Kendall come back or even Willie or just guys that play before us? I mean, Tunch and, and, and Wolf. Like, seriously. Like, there's a certain way you play it, right? Yeah. I saw somebody send me a message the other day, Hans Ward. Come on. The one block that changed the entire NFL, him versus Cincinnati. Come on. Isn't it funny that uh, one of the knocks against George Pickens was that he can be too mean when it comes to this and that. Remember that? Some kind of behavioral thing. Oh, man. Oh, we talked about that. Remember? Because he did some of that stuff against my Tennessee Vols where he sprayed the water bottle. And you loved him for it. I loved it. I did because – I'm sorry. It's no nice guys inside of that building most times. Well, I ain't going to say that. You don't want them. Let me me say this. You want some edge – if you know what I mean, inside of your locker room. And George kind of brings that with them. And I'm appreciative of it because they got a tone setter inside that room. You're a nice guy. Off off the field. Yeah, I was going to say off, off the air. Off the, AFC, off the air. You, you've seen me go uh, <laughs> to one of those other places or post-game conversations where right. I, this smile is far from my face at that point. Zach says, hey, Moan, what goes into players who end up being first-round busts, being so misevaluated? Also, how soon can other players tell that someone's going to be a bust? You know you know before the evaluators do. You know that you know this. I'd say this. The players know before the uh, evaluators do. Mm-hmm. Oh, we know way before they do. And, and I was always the type that I try to work with a guy. You know, it's like, man, hey, if you do this – I, it never bothered me to kind of try to help guys find their ways, but the players know because the players are always in tune to um, to what their practice habits are or the conversations outside of the meeting rooms, like the conversation you have in the locker room or, or with other guys. Like you see them shying away from the weight room or shying away from controversy in a sense of like being on the practice fields. Players know, but how does it go at first rounders though? It's there's so much at, at stake like that, that, Picking best available sometimes might not be best for your team. Or a guy is a speed guy in college, but you need him to be a hitter. You know what I'm saying? And and that's how it, it can bust. If you're not willing to do all things asked of you, then mentally you start playing tricks with yourself, and then physically that doesn't follow also. Brent says he'd like to see 
DK's hair on Moan and Moan's hair on DK. Work on that tech staff. Wait, are we referring to like the Kempt version, which the does hair. show up every once in a while, or the unkempt that's most often here? You know, but yes is the answer to it, DK. Yes <laughs> what, is the whoa, answer whoa, whoa. to it. How do you know he's talking about me? Hey, because you said you missed your barber's appointment this I week. I did. I missed it today too. But you know what? All it doesn't matter. This this is well took care of anyway, DK. No question about that. <laughs> when we come back on the Ramon Foster Show, more of your questions. At DK Pittsburgh Sports, we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now, that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores. Track the latest stats. Chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Coverage that connects. You know what's crazy, Moan? There's there's so much time between now and the draft at the end of April. And yet at the same time, doesn't it feel like it's right around the corner just from the way people talk about it? Oh, yeah. This this time of the year, to me, I feel like it's just blowing by. And I think it's because there's so much interest into what the Steelers are going to do and just the draft in, in, in general. There may be legitimately like five guys in the draft that are that legit. But the, the juggling of who's going to be number one and who can take who and what moves will be made, what franchise quarterbacks will be re-signed or traded. I'm talking about Lamar versus Aaron Rodgers. Like, there's a lot going on. So you feel like there's a rush of information coming at you. That's what it is for me. Cody says, hey, Moan, listening to the Daily Shots in the Ramon Show, do you think the offense can improve in spite of Matt Canada's obvious deficiencies? Seems like we have weapons galore, but we lack creativity. For, I'll say this, in spite of Matt Canada, I'll tell you this, it needs to flourish because of Matt Canada. What a concept, huh? It's necessary. Um, y'all know how this league goes for, for players specifically, but, it, but also for coaches. They will find a new guy if Canada doesn't show growth and you see substantial growth from uh, Kenny Pickett. That's my biggest thing. Mr. Rooney came out and said it. Did he not? Like, why are we going to mess up Kenny's growth? I think that's the that's the uh, biggest uh, 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 prohibitor to anything moving forward is if he messes up Kenny's growth, then that's got to be something that's got to be discussed. And you don't want that for your franchise quarterback. They need to flourish because of Matt Canada this year. No excuses behind it. Dwayne's got a good one here. Hey, Moan. Why is the NFL so hell-bent on non-guaranteed contracts? On non-guaranteed, because the risk and health factor of are you going to be available? Which is true of every sport. But especially Come on, in football, you were, though. You were no, in on these talks. I was. That, that's the biggest bargaining chip right there is there's a 100% injury rate. Uh, we saw a guy, Kevin Durant, Durant, who plays basketball, twist his ankle on a layup. Just falling down. It was in practice. It was, it was in practice, yeah. warm-up yeah. or whatever it was. Um, so imagine what a contact sport like football does. The thing is this, and I was just having this conversation with my wife, okay? I was like, players have to take a stance as far as what and how they're going to go about it, either lifetime medical or guaranteed contracts. In order to get guaranteed contracts, you have to, one, be able to bet on yourself a little bit and say, give me a short-term deal, okay? And if I get, if I get a short-term deal, I got to bet on myself, but I might not get the big money. I'm going to get it all guaranteed. 
but I'm not going to get the big money. And the other side is if whenever we're going through those negotiations, players have to be able to hold out for long, extended amounts of time. And they won't. They haven't historically, DK. Why, and, and, and the reason for that is everyone always says, well, the NFL union is the weakest one. The NFL no. union. Uh, the, the reason that the NFL union can't get what it wants compared to the other sports is the careers are so short. Yes. Okay. I, you know, the, everyone talks, oh, Tom Brady played into his 40s. Kickers play into, uh-uh. No. No. How many want to, DK, no lie to you? Just quick. I I had somebody ask me about a teammate and was legitimately my teammate for probably about four or five, six games or something. I was like, you remember him? I'm like, I have no idea who no you're talking idea. about. Now, 53 guys and they're in dudes. and out all the time. And then, like, I knew the name after the fact when I saw their face. I was like, oh, oh yeah, <laughs> I remember that dude. But that's what the league is also. Yeah, no question about that here. Uh, let's, go, let's go to Cree here who says uh, – uh, where is it here? Hey, Moan, what is the biggest thing that the Steelers organization is lacking, including coaches or front office? That's a tough question. I don't know. It, it might be and it might not be. If Cree, if what you're really trying to say is like, do you want Tomlin fired or something? Just go ahead and say that. Don't tiptoe around it. You know? I, yeah, I, including coaches of front office. What are they missing? I like Omar. I like the head coach, the players. They're young. They got to grow. How about experience? A, how about a clock management specialist? Some teams have that. Yeah, I I can't really answer that one because um, yeah, DK, I'm a hit us again, uh, Creed. You know what's funny, actually, Moan. On that note, what's that? When Brian Flores was hired, one of the things that Mike Tomlin said he was going to do was have Flores be the the clock management guy. <laughs> you know, he was just that was he was just playing with it, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess my question would be, who, who don't you like? I know it's always somebody. Yeah, well, here, Creed comes right back and says, no, I love Tomlin, just looking for the inside view. I'm going to go with clock management special. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Offensive assistant. Better family rooms at the stadium. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one. Uh, Clay says, hey, Moan, do you think the current Steelers O-line's improvement will continue into this season and they'll focus on drafting depth as opposed to new starters? Uh, yes, that's, that's, that's crucial. That's very pivotal that they, uh, be able to get depth. Uh, one of the best things we had throughout those years, man, having Cody Wallace, having, uh, 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 BJ Finney, being able to have Chris Hubbard. Think about the dudes. Mike, uh, Mike Adams was a, a backup for a while for us. Like we had a bunch of guys that were able to come in and step up and play. Uh, depth is always crucial because again, uh, they're such a young group. They're new that you don't want any fall off from that. If I can be honest with you, I'm glad Dan Moore didn't have any bad any time off because I don't know who the left tackle could have been. That really jumps. I mean, probably with Joe Hayes. Come on, yeah, I, I know, mean, but yeah, yeah, but it's still, you know, that having all five of them out there, yeah, together for almost every snap. In one case, in James Daniels, every snap. In Chooks's case, he missed one. For which yeah. he apologized, by the way, yeah, at the end of the year. Yeah. He goes, I'm sorry, I miss one. <laughs> <laughs> but to have that, to have them build up all that time together and all that experience together was really valuable in and of itself. Uh, yeah. Raymond asks, hey, Moan! Look at that. Look at the conviction. In that I one. see that. I you love it, that? too. Uh-huh. I've seen a few mocks taking Voorhees in the third or fourth round. With his injury in the, at the Combine, how does his draft stock change 
And do you think the Steelers would still take him there if he's available? He does become very available. I just don't know the Steelers' stance uh, on damaged goods coming in because everything got to kind of go right when it comes to the rehab aspect of it. And then you're also losing a slot as far as just like that's a prime spot. Third and fourth round is a really good spot to be drafting that steal. You get starters out of that group right there. Uh, on a guy like him, if they value him, yes. Do I think his stock is probably going to fall a little bit? Voorhees, yes. That sucks. And I hate there's no type of insurance that's going to guarantee where he's projected versus where he's actually going to go in this NFL draft. It seems like a really stud of a dude, though. Was this the kid that, that – that- Blew the hammy out and repped out 38 reps on the bench. Yeah, uh, steal on crutches. Okay. Oh, geez. Yeah, yeah. I, man, that that hurts. Baltimore signed a kid last year, the Penn State uh, outside linebacker that tore his Achilles. Remember in a warm up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They still signed him. If I'm not mistaken. He may have been active or yeah. I got to look at his situation, but Baltimore did it. Well, for anybody who doesn't know, Andrew Voorhees is a six six. 310 pound guard out of USC. Uh, he, he played there through his senior year. And um, yeah, the, the injury was a, an ACL tear. ACL. Um, that's going to cause him to fall in the draft, no question. So you, you'd probably be looking at someone. And this isn't something the Steelers haven't done, Moan, where they, they say, listen, we can get him later in the draft. We don't need him now. Yeah. Do you yeah. follow me? Yeah, you talking about me? No, well, <laughs> no, but you see what I'm saying? Yeah. No, no, no. In, in general, that you know, you you don't need him right away. You, you don't need him right away, but it's third and fourth round is such a prime spot for a team that needs a little bit much DK. That mm-hmm. if I get him at late fourth, fifth, maybe DK, I take him. That that kind of makes sense here. Yeah. Uh, Lyle says, hey, Moan, how will the NFL keep up with the large contracts the teams are signing? Oh, they're not going to struggle, Lyle. I'm sorry, Moan. I didn't mean to to hijack this. (laughs) You know it's a $12 billion business. That was billion with a big B. B. (laughs) I was just about to point at you, Lyle, at you. And I see you have your adorable kids in the photo. Also, Lyle, them consuming, you buying jerseys, you buying shakers and merchandise. NFL ain't struggling, and that's one one aspect of me being a union guy, being NFLPA, is uh, it's always a perception that the players are taking from the owners, and the owners, DK, what kind of rake do they have with the amount of cash that, they, oh, they're, that they're getting? Goodness, do not weep. For no, the, the fact – well, I'll answer the question directly. The fact that they're paying quarterbacks $40-plus million a year – No, Daniel Jones. Just narrow it down to Daniel Bleeping Jones there we go. asking for $40 million. Now, there are some organizations and franchises that are little off as far as the money they have available, like the Waltons in uh, Denver. They got Walmart money, so it's a little bit different for them or well, Jaguars on Wait till Bezos buys the, the commanders. I, I mean, seriously. You know, is everyone yeah. going to go, oh, no, how is he going to afford a quarterback? You know, he's going to borrow from himself. <laughs> that's that's right. what he's going to do. He'll get one on Well, that's what the Rams did on their Super Bowl run. Their yeah, owner he put up a lot of his own money and some, this is the other, the economy of certain teams are just different. Some teams, some owners have it. Some don't. Yeah. Randy Wagner says, uh, once I was shopping in Georgia, another shopper was wearing a Steelers shirt. He asked me if I was from Pittsburgh. Uh, I asked him if he was, he said he played for the Steelers. Moan, do you wear a Steelers shirt when you go out? I do now. 
I do now. <laughs> I didn't used to, but I'm not sure if you saw if you saw me uh, saw me out of the shopping center, unless it was at Bucky's or something like that in Georgia. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, I used to not. I stay away from wearing gear out. Now I do wear it because I'm retired now. So yeah, I do. Yeah, Cody says Daniel Jones getting 40 million a season is insane. Yeah, he he yeah. He, he sure finished pretty nicely for the Giants, but my goodness, it does not take much. No. Uh, Vegeta asked, what's the likelihood of changing defensive holding to just a five-yard penalty and repeat the down instead of an automatic first down? I doubt it. Would you be in favor of it, though? Uh, No, because they need to be charged up, DK, but that's why you have other people voting instead of an offensive guy. That's right. I I like the idea of the automatic first down. Um, And, yeah, it sucks for the defense, but y'all know how this league goes. This is an offensive-driven league when it comes down to that type of play. And uh, the the, the other bad part about that, too, that tugging and pulling of guys running in the opposite direction, that's a health risk also when it comes down to uh, hamstrings. You remember the horse collar type Mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah, what you're not going to see here, I don't think, is uh, a situation where this, where the NFL puts into play something that can be abused. One of the things that they do whenever mm-hmm. they change, modify, adjust any rule at all is they say, all right, what would Harbaugh do with this? Okay, yeah. <laughs> Or what would Belichick do with this? Because they're going to find every loophole that exists. And if you send your defense onto the field and say, listen, take all the five-yard penalties you want. Mm-hmm. Okay, take them all. We don't care because they don't have enough clock to get down the field or whatever it is. Always, always think about. I'll say this, though, in terms and times in which um, cornerbacks or safeties give up the big play. I will say this. If you can get a quick DPI on something like that instead of a touchdown, that's part of the game, too. Right, DK? So that's one for the defense. No question about that. Jamie Morris says, what's the deal with Josh Dobbs? Free agent, had a, a good starting, a good, good couple starts uh, here in Nashville with the Titans. Uh, I thought he was pretty solid. The thing about backup quarterbacks, if you don't get your shot in your first or second year, you don't really get one. And Josh and his exhibition uh, showcase, I thought he showed he was an NFL quarterback, at least capable of signing a very nice backup, uh, backup quarterback deal. This one comes from my man Jacob who says, Peasy or Debo? Such a huge oh. debate. Jacob loves Peasy. Oh, man. Why are you going to make me pick between the two, Mike? Come on, man. Uh, I, I got your tiebreaker. He did. He man, both <laughs> of them have done very similar things when it comes down to their careers. Both I got your tiebreaker. Pre game, Joey. Oh, over a hundred yard interception return in a Super Bowl? Come on. But Joey also got assaulted no- in Denver and came back and played in the game. Joey also won a playoff game as an assistant coach. Yeah, he did. So you can't go wrong with either one of them. I love Debo, though. Give me – God, dog, man. I you see, can't pick one. I see Debo – I can. Uh, for me, I, I see Debo as generational. I really do. I, I, I'm was, with that. He was somebody that did things that no one else in the National Football League could or, for that matter, would. Or should uh, have been doing, uh, or too. Or should have been doing. And I, uh, the, intim- okay, I the, the intimidation factor – combined with the athleticism and then icing on top the greatest defensive play in Super Bowl history with all due respect to the dude from uh was it the the stop the Titans 
Oh, uh, that was Mike Jones. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. 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 With all uh, due respect to that, that dude didn't have to run a hundred yards with everybody and Kurt Warner chasing him down the field. Larry Fitz was running after him. Yeah, he was. Okay. I changed my answer. I got James Harrison on that one. You broke me down on that one. That was good. Um, and by the way, what's going on with Josh Dobbs is Josh Dobbs is a fan of the show. We found out since he, he, he remarked on the, uh, episode with Vinny last week yeah that's my guy that's my brother man William Adams says hey Moan how can we grade Kenny Pickett's second year with Matt Canada still in there and oh, then he says old miss yeah they're about to get beat in this game they're playing right now so <laughs> about to happen go balls William <laughs> uh with that being said I was always told by a franchise uh quarterback that I played for Ben Roethlisberger said don't judge the quarterback until about year three or four. Um, you can give him he a great. feels so strongly about that. So I've heard strong. that from him so many times. What was it? Three years or four years? And, and the way he, he no, he would all, he, Ben would always say three, three. And, he, and remember the one year that uh, RG three and all that whole class and I Ben kept that. saying to everybody, "Yep, come back and ask me about them after the third year." And this is why. First year is a shocker. Nobody knows you. Second year, they know something of you, and how can you adjust? You can have a sophomore slump. Third year, you are who they think you are at that point, and you continue to grow and get smarter. That's pretty much how it breaks down. Give me three years on Kenny if he's – or any franchise quarterback if they're a starter. I mean, looking with the New York Jets, Zach Wilson looked like he's out after two years. Oh, oh my. I thought so he was there's out after your two snaps. There's your answer right there. Yeah, how do they miss that badly, Moan? You know, they, they let media get to them, the sideways throw and stuff. That's so corny these days. Let's get rid of that part of of, of TV production for quarterbacks in the draft. Yeah, th- that's that that's a fair point to bring up here. Let's see what Ryan Stanley has. Do you think that there's any merit to the thought that Mike T might use that fifth year option as a tool to his mind games? Meaning, with Terrell Edmonds, Devin Bush had the same situation. Uh, to a completely different end. Uh, as one of his mind games, no. Either you do or you don't with Coach T. I, I don't think it's uh, – Cam was a former first-rounder to end up getting that extension before the fifth year was used. TJ was too. Now tell me the difference between those two guys' production and the others. I will say Terrell doesn't play a position that's very advantageous for him to get second contracts with his team unless he's Mika Fitzpatrick. And I think Devin ACL did kind of prohibit him from doing a lot of things down the line. And you just didn't see the bounce back immediately. So that's why those two guys, that's not mind games. That's just simply production. And our last entry for the day comes from Driving Rain, who says, love the show, gentlemen. Very curious as to why the inconsistencies between episodes. It throws off my day. You know what? First of all, thank you for thinking that we're anywhere near that important in your life. Secondly, the inconsistencies are over. Yep. Yep. 100%. Well, this will be our locked in time. And you driving rain, uh, I got to figure out what that means. Uh, Maybe off air. Uh, But I say this is it moving forward. I can do this on my phone and iPad no matter what. And I'll be honest with you, I do have a, uh, I can have a busy schedule with my kids uh day to day and dk you travel and whatnot also so it's a matter of scheduling sometimes but we are 4 p.m east and 3 central moving forward to mountain west coast and all those types of things yeah that's that's it uh one of the reasons we did this because we both wanted to find a way to lock ourselves in and wherever we are we can do this so if i'm in 
Canada or California or wherever the heck I was this past week. I don't even remember now. Uh, you know, we could just whip open the laptop at four o'clock and say, here we go. It's, it's, it's actually, it's less production and less work, believe it or not. I'm sitting here producing all of this myself, including picking your questions and comments and, and everything else here. And Steeler Girl has to jump in with, what about Hawaii? What I don't know. you. What's the time difference to, to Hawaii? Do you even is, know? I'm, on, I'm 328 Central right now. Hawaii is about 1128, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe. I don't know. She's going to have to chime back in with that one. But uh, Randy, Randy counters that we are that important. <laughs> that's, I guess that's really yeah. nice. I'll take it, DK, 100%. Five hours. So four hours from me. That yeah, puts them at hours. about 11, 11 o'clock right now, DK. Something like So whatever. The other thing about the live shows is don't take it. I see some people going, but I missed the live version. I missed the – if you do, you do. It's going to still be there. You still hit the play button as soon as we're done. Yeah, it's it also, is. by the way, available to you as an audio-only podcast, wherever it is that you want to listen to it, Apple, Spotify, whatever. Yes, 100%. So, so uh, our Hawaii Bureau comes back in with the exact time that it's 11.28 p.m. out there. Uh, all right, Moan. Let's, uh, let's, do it, let's do it again tomorrow. I'm here for it, DK. Only, only if you are. Yeah, no, I actually am. Okay, I, all right. I for sure. All right. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye.